Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Talk Shop Podcast. For everybody out there that doesn't know what the Talk Shop is, it's just a platform to allow individuals to talk about their jobs, hobbies, passion projects, just cool stuff that they have going on in their life. So today we're going to talk, we're going to sit down with Morgan Kelly and Amanda, and we're going to talk about this app that they're creating for animal evacuation. Go ahead and say hi, guys. It's Morgan. Hello. Hello there, Kelly. Hi, this is Amanda. Morgan, like, how would you describe yourself behind this podcast? Like, what type of person are you? So what kind of person I am? I guess uh, just outgoing, usually energetic, and pretty motivated. Are, are you the horse person? Yeah, I like to call myself a horse hag. Horse it's hag. a term that I <laughs> use endearingly. <laughs> Callie, what's your part behind this project? I, uh, I'm the technical guy. I'm the guy that's uh, building the app and doing all the kind of behind-the-scenes uh, work on things. It was their idea, and they came to me with it, and we just kind of put it all together as a, as a group. So Nice, yeah, nice. That's how it works. Right, so you're the only technical person on this? Well, I have a team of developers that I work to do apps and websites and promotion and things like that. So I'm just kind of bringing them to bear on this because it's a, it's a quality project, not even something we're looking into making you know big, giant money with. We're just doing something because it needs to be done. Gotcha. Amanda? Yeah, so um, I have a background with training exotic animals. Um, I'm now a business analyst for an insurance company. We're pretty tech forward. And so when when one of the fires happened and I went out, you know, with my horse hag friend over here to go <laughs> evacuate animals, I realized it was really difficult to find people who needed help. And so it's like there needs to be an app for this. Brought that up to Morgan. I said, why is there nothing like this out there already? This app is called Evacue Pets, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Evacue Pet. Yep. So what the app does is during disasters, or I'll let you guys say it so I don't butcher it, but so this app, what exactly is the purpose behind it? So Evacue Pet is an app that we are working to make free to everyone. And the way it will function is essentially people will create a profile for one of um or many of different things that they can help volunteer with, or if they need assistance during emergency animal evacuations, anywhere from uh, being a pet owner to a evacuation center owner to someone who's available to help haul animals in case of emergencies. So the importance behind this, guys, is that I'm not trying to scare you guys, but in 2017, there was a ton of natural disasters And the United States alone registered $306 billion worth of damages. If you guys can't remember what happened in 2017, there was the Hurricane Irma, Maria, and Harvey. Then there was flooding in Arkansas, Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma. And then in California alone, there was an early part of 2017, there was rains that damaged everything because we had been in major drought. And then at the end of the year, We had all those fires, and they even went into 2018. More importantly, or not more importantly, but a significant one of those fires was the Thomas Fire, and it actually went down in California history as the biggest wildfire. So there's always natural disasters, and this application, there's nothing on the market like this right now. Yeah, there's definitely nothing like it. And with global warming, we're only seeing more and more disasters every year. And this was a solution we came up with to try and be more functional during these situations, because a lot of times the areas that are affected are the areas that are the densest in animal populations. And for example, during the sand fire, 
there were tens, literally tens of thousands of horses that needed to be evacuated during that fire. And there is no city or county process that can support that kind of evacuation. It's just they don't have the capability for it. You have to rely on volunteers. And that's what EvacuPet is for, to help to organize that. Not only that, but the county doesn't even know where all of the animals are located. So using an app like this and having a central location where we can say these are where all of the animals are is going to be even more helpful. Eventually, this application is probably going to be used by hopefully by the government as well to help when disaster strikes. That's one of the goals is to make this not only local to our area where we're going to be first testing this product, but also make it nationwide and eventually backed by the used by the governments to help them locate the animals. We have been in touch with LA County uh, Emergency Services, and they have expressed some interest in working with us. However, we don't really have their full support until we can show that we have the public interest and we have a product for them to use. So once we're able to get further in our development to show that people are interested in this product, then they're a little bit more willing to work with us at that point. And so how are you going to show them that you have the community supporting you guys? You know, with prototypes of the app, we're going to actually going to be able to show how easy it's going to be for a people to sign up their animals into the app, which is like Amanda mentioned a huge problem because most of these, you know, the, the county agencies and city agencies have no idea where the animals are. It's their biggest gripe is that they can't find them. So we get this in front of people. They can register their animals for free. And there's step one of the process for pointing out how valuable it is. Now you get volunteers signed up into the system and you can now coordinate between volunteers who are willing to go pick up animals and where those animals are. So our app bridges the two of those by basically becoming, for lack of a better phrase, the Uber for animal rescue. Because what happens is we just guide those volunteers via a map to the animal. They pick them up and then we guide them to an evacuation center and then they go again. So as it stands right now, they have nothing like that. Everything is coordinated manually through Facebook pages and text messages and, and phone calls. It's just really or, inefficient. Or it's the fire department going door to door. Do you have animals? Get your animals out. Get you out. Right now, we would know, yep, all the animals in that location are out. And it's not going to waste the emergency facilities time on going to places that everybody's already out. I do think it's important to note just regarding the app, uh, when people create a profile for their animals or their evacuation center, that information is kept private until it's posted. So it's not just out there for people to go and find horses or gate codes or anything like that. Until your animal's posted for evacuation, that profile is private, as well as your home information. And even at that, it's only delivered to the volunteer once they're at your property to pick up the animal. That The gate code that you might need to get into your property, that's kept private until that volunteer is there. To play devil's advocate a little bit, well, I got my text message, I got my Facebook post, why can't I just rely on that? Why do I need this app? 
As we saw when we were helping evacuate animals in the Sandfire of 2016, it's often outdated. So by the time that we got to the places where people said they needed help, there was already five other volunteers and the animals were gone. So it's not efficient to rely on social media when the data isn't up to date. And also, the information gets lost in all of the comments that are in there. Yeah, people are sharing information that's outdated, and then you're being sent to places where the animals have already been evacuated, and then you're rerouted to places where they are in dire need of evacuation. You can see flames from those houses, whereas that could have been dealt with earlier. But as we know, also, Facebook and you know Instagram and other forms of social media aren't necessarily in chronological order, especially when you have people sharing those posts, which often, you know, are really well-meaning people. But if 10 people share the same post and 20 people go to evacuate one place, it's just not an efficient use of the volunteer resources that are so readily available. And here's the thing is this is where you get to bring technology in to really solve problems that couldn't be solved, even if if you were if you were more organized. You can take, if you picture you're on your way to rescue an animal with a four-horse trailer and there's one animal there. Somebody else becomes available with a two-horse trailer. They can be routed there and you can be rerouted somewhere else that has more animals. You couldn't do that with people when you have maybe hundreds of people on the road doing this. It just isn't possible. Whereas for a computer, it's not a big deal at all. So when I was doing research for this episode, I found a lot of groups out there that do help, they do contribute, but nothing to this extent. There's nothing like this out in the market right now. That's why this is so important. Like you said, simply you're bringing technology into the emergency system. This is your initial 911 call. This is your first line of defense. This is we're in the trenches kind of app. And these groups, they do help, they do contribute, and they're awesome. You guys can check them out if you want to volunteer and all that. There's a ton of them out there. But they're kind of there after the fact, in a sense. Some do respond quickly, but not as quickly as this app will allow us to. And then they're there after the fact as well. And putting resources, putting money, helping people get back to the way they were before this incident. But all of them are going to tell you, if we do not evacuate these animals quickly enough, they're going to have to be there longer. They're going to have to keep putting resources into getting these families, getting these people back to the same position that they were in before all of this happened. So that's why it's so important that we're there first. Yeah, sadly, during the recent fires that we had in Southern California, I don't know the exact number of horses, but... During, you know, in LA County, Ventura County, and San Diego County, unfortunately, these fires happened so quickly and so fast, and the resources weren't where they needed to be that there were a lot of horses that were lost. And uh, in the San Diego area, there were horses at the San Luis Rey racetrack that were worth, I believe, a million dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And those horses aren't lost unless there's no way to get them out. And, you know, sometimes a fire will happen so close to the place where you are that you don't have time to get them out. But a lot of times, you know, there are voluntary evacuations. There are those volunteer resources willing to help and they're just lined up being told where to go. And so that's where we come in is we say, okay, you're willing to help. Let's make sure that you're able to do that. Yeah, definitely. I know people during the the Thomas fire, they went out of their way to drop off supplies or whatever they could do. Like I I know people are out there and are willing to help. It's like but they don't have the trailer so they can't do anything like haul animals, but they'll go take supplies. 
Or even if people have kennels, I mean, this isn't just for horses. This can also be used for dogs and exotics. If people have a a car that has room for a dog kennel in it, there's no reason they can't help with smaller pets as well. Good point. So now we got the purpose down. Can you uh, shine some light on the technicalities of it or technical part? Sure. I mean, it's uh, like I I, I said, the the Uber concept is really uh, what we started with. But there's a lot of details around the thing that you have to consider when you're talking about going into areas that A, uh, are a fire area, and B, might be more rural, where you don't have connectivity, for example. If you're way out there and there's no functional cell tower within 40 miles, you may not be able to get on the internet. So we take the route, for example, and download that at the moment that it's assigned to you. So you have that entire route on your phone. So you can get all the way to the animal, get the data that you need to get that animal out, and then get them to the evacuation center all without necessarily having to be connected to the internet. We prefer that you are so we can track your position. So we know who's going where and getting the animals out, but it's not necessary. And that's key. We can't have these things, you know, people getting up into these areas and then the app fails. That's really counterproductive. It, it would work against us. We want to we want to be absolutely sure the, the app is robust and can get people to where they need to go. Uh, other examples are the fact that there's going to be accessibility to the app for fire and police. So as they're closing roads off and need to keep people safe from going into areas, volunteers, anybody else, we can close roads and then the app can basically reroute you based on what it knows about what's closed, what's open and get you there most efficiently. Likewise, if the fire or, you know, if let's say it's, we're talking about a fire, that fire shifts and then we need people in a different area, we can route them there immediately. Whereas if you needed to do that with messages, you know, text messages or with Facebook posts or something else, almost it's pretty well not doable. It couldn't be done. So we're using a lot of technology to make this, you know, make the app as robust and as sort of, you know, comprehensive as as it can be. To simplify that a little bit. So has that ever happened to you guys? Like you're on your way to save an animal that you guys heard of and a road goes down because of fires and all that? Absolutely. And that happens all the time. Uh, you basically either have to know someone who knows the way around that or, you know, there's there's areas that you can't always get into regardless. And so what we're trying to do is make sure that we can get those animals out first, uh, animals that are closest to the evacuation sites and kind of prioritize them that way to hopefully prevent that, as well as some of our rerouting, like he mentioned, because there are sometimes ways that you can get around the roadblock. And the importance of the tracking information that Kelly was talking about is we've spoken with some horse trainers and horse owners that they said when their horses were evacuated, they had one horse going to one property, another horse going to another property, and they didn't know for a little while where their horses were. And in the last fire, I think I saw, I don't know, Morgan, were there a couple horses that people said, I don't know where my horse is. If you know where my horse is, like they were posting on Facebook to say, does anybody know where this horse is or who, who does this horse belong to? That won't happen with our app because you'll know exactly where your horse is being taken to. They won't be separated. They're all going to go to the same place. And so that's the importance of knowing that, of having the app to track your animals and be able to know where your animals are at all times. 
Yeah, uh, during the recent fires, I was volunteering at Pierce College a little bit because I had friends who had horses there. And you would see posts on Facebook of people just looking for their horses and evacuation centers like Pierce College and some of the bigger areas are where they just take horses that are loaded up and taken out. And so, you know, a lot of times those people have multiple horses or they're not there and it's a friend loading up their horse. So these animals end up in places where then the owners have to go looking for them. And that happens with dogs and cats and other animals as well. So I know we've been talking a lot about horses, but this uh, evacuation app does more than just save horse. What other animals do get uh, rest? Not rest. <laughs> just went through this. <laughs> what other animals get affected by fires and natural disasters and whatnot? Every animal can be affected by these by these uh, fires and natural disasters and. The reason I was involved with it is I I don't have horses. I'm not really that comfortable working around horses because I'm not familiar enough with them. My background is exotic animals. So I was actually going up to one of my friend's facilities to help them evacuate all of their animals, exotics, monkeys, and uh, I think porcupines and ferrets and wolves and all that kind of stuff. Every animal needs to be evacuated. It's not specific for horses only. Um, So if if you own a dog or a cat, or a lizard or a bird, absolutely you can still register for this app. Any animal in an emergency situation needs to be evacuated. What if you're at work during the day and there's a fire and you can't make it back to your house? Somebody can be available to rescue your animal, not just somebody who has a horse trailer. Anyone can. I have a car. I don't have a horse rig. I don't drive a trailer, but I have got a car that I can fit a number of animals in. So I would definitely register. For me, I'd register to say I can. I've got an SUV. I can I can transport animals. So everybody's affected. It's not just horse individuals. It's everybody. If you have a pet, this app helps you. And in fact, the way that we're designing the thing is that you go in there and you create yourself a profile. And then you go in and register all of your animals, whatever they are, horses, dogs, anything, any animal that you think needs this sort of kind of protection, right? I mean- to the degree that we can protect them. And then we're just going to handle the routing of volunteers to help uh, evacuate them. You could even register your profile, even if you don't have any animals and you just love animals that you want to help evacuate them in an emergency situation. It's not only for people who own who own animals. It's for anybody who wants to help. Do you have a house that you can help um, house the animals during the evacuation, during that evacuation time period? Register, create a profile so that people have a place for their animals to go, a safe place where they're going to be taken care of. Which is why we definitely wanted to make sure that the app would be free, because we want as many people on the app as possible to make it as successful as possible in these situations. So if we make it free to everyone, we'll have a bigger network. Since I live in California, I'm only going to benefit from this app, right? No, this isn't only for California. While we are going to be starting it locally in Los Angeles County and Ventura County, the idea is to go nationwide with this. So once we get the first test and make sure that it works well for our areas in Los Angeles County, then we can launch this nationwide. We have to make sure that EvacuPet functions perfectly before we launch it as an app. So we want to do extensive testing in LA and Ventura County. And then once we know that it's functioning perfectly, then we'll launch the app in the Apple Store or wherever apps are sold. 
The Google Play Store. <laughs> That's and a great... the Apple Store and the App Store. All those wonderful places <laughs> where you go for your apps. And then we're going to start branching out from there. But we definitely want to start locally, make sure it's functioning perfectly, and then spread. Callie, our tech guy, is this possible? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the... The thing about it is, is the kind of the pursuit of perfection here is what's going to make us revise this app as we go forward to make it better, to make the evacuations more efficient, right? To route people more efficiently, to utilize the number of volunteers that we have in the most efficient way. The testing that we're talking about is not just to make sure the app does exactly what it's supposed to do. That for sure needs to be happening. But in addition, we need to make sure that there's not, you know, some low hanging fruit there for us to be able to do things more efficiently. And the only way to do that is to go out and to try these things in controlled environments where we can see it actually in action, you know, getting people go out, you know, to get, get animals, move them to where they need to be, get them tracked. You know, all of those functions need to be optimized to the degree they can be. One of Kelly's concerns that he brought up to both Morgan and me recently, multiple times is he's he was worried about not having enough volunteers to evacuate the animals in the time of need. Now Morgan and I were on the road. We've we've seen how many people are willing to go out there, but we need those people to sign up because if we've got a large number of animals in a certain area, but Kelly sees by the data, the people who've registered that there might not be enough volunteers, we want to make sure that we have that that taken care of. We want to make sure that there's enough facilities to take the animals to and enough volunteers to transport the animals. Now we keep talking about this as an Uber, and it is important to note that this is one free of charge, but also that this is strictly volunteer based. It doesn't guarantee anything. So that's why it's so important to us to have as many people on there as possible, able to volunteer in whatever facet so that it's the most successful that it can be. So right now, is the app available? It's not. It, it's in development right now. And, and so we're actually, you know, looking for other partners to, to be involved with us to help, you know, guide us in terms of, uh, the kinds of, of functionality that needs to be, uh, built into the app to make it as, as helpful as possible. We've talked about the routing and so on and so forth, but we want to build in unique message board systems so that people can communicate with each other. We want to build in functionality so that the owners of the animals, if they're out of town, uh, or even if they're in town, can actually track where their animals are when they're being evacuated. There's a lot of things, you know, that we're getting from, from other people. So we're, we're in the midst of the development right now, but we're hoping to, you know, get to, get it to a, an alpha phase where we're testing, you know, very soon. So how can people sign up to volunteer as of right now or just register? It's not right now, but oh, okay. it, it's going to be soon. And what people can do is they can check on our website at evacue.pet to get, you know, sign up for a mailing list and get updates on when the, the system is going to be ready. And also donate if they want to see this app. You know, we are a grassroots effort. And if they're able to kick in a dollar or five dollars, that will help us get this app out even faster. I was actually told about your guys' group through our friend Heidi. Shout out to Heidi. <laughs> hey, Heidi. <laughs> you guys had a Kickstarter and that actually went away. But I want to contribute. What can I do now? On the website, there's a, uh, a donate button. It's important, like Morgan said, to point out that, you know, any amount of donation is just going to get us to where we need to go faster and more efficiently. So, you know, whatever it is that people can get in there and, and donate to us is, is greatly appreciated. Like I said, we're not looking to make money off the app right now. We're just trying to get it out there and solve a problem. And the money is just funding to get this app out there quicker. Exactly. Exactly. We're getting development done. It's just being able to put more resources on things and get, 
you know, all the things that go into this. There's a lot of moving parts here. There's artwork and there's designs and there's programming and there's databases. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen. Besides donating, what else can I do so that I know what is up up to date with this app? I would say sharing information, like sharing this podcast, sharing our website, you know, that that getting information out there to people who have the opportunity to contact us and help us out in a lot of other ways to give us feedback on what they think would be helpful or to donate their time, right? I mean, if there's, you know, people out there that want to donate their time in any way to helping out with this, we want to hear about it. We want all the all of the assistance we can get. You can also subscribe to the email list on uh, www.evacue.pet and that will send you the latest updates. Keep me up to date with the progress of the app, what's going on, when I can sign up to volunteer, register. Absolutely. Okay, so this week's episode was a little different. I think this is such a great cause, but I still like to keep kind of the traditional format. And I want to go around the room really quick and just kind of talk about your background. I think it's important because where we start off is not where we end. I know you guys kind of have a background with horses, animals, technology, so it makes perfect sense for you guys to come together, but I kind of want to just get your background. So Morgan, what makes you a horse hag? Sorry, you said it, not me. (laughs) No, I love the term. All my uh, horse hags will tell you that I call them that frequently, and like I said, it's endearing. Uh, I started riding for my 10th birthday. It was kind of a lifelong dream. And my first job was at the petting zoo at the pumpkin patch at Lombardi Ranch. And then I attended Pierce College for equine science. I uh, worked with horses for a few years, stopped working with horses, but always kept riding and training. That's what makes me a horse hag. It's, It's my thing. It's what I love. And I love horses more than a lot of things in this world. It's in her blood. It is horse hag DNA. <laughs> That's a new one. So, Callie, what about you? What got you into the the technological side of the industry? Well, if, you know, her term is hag, then mine is geek all the way around because I I have been doing computer stuff since I was 16, and that is quite a long time ago, I'll have you know. Um, I have been doing software development and game development and website development since it all started. So this is just sort of the natural thing, the kind of business that I run, you know, my my day job is, you know, building apps and doing websites and marketing for people. So when they started talking about it and we started kicking around the idea, I just, you know, I could kind of picture how I would see an app working. And then we started to refine it together about how we thought it would work. And it just, it made sense. So I, you know, can bring the resources to bear on it and get the, get the thing done in a way that uh, is, you know, it's a quality piece of software. So that's kind of how I got involved. What about you, Amanda? Well, I grew up in Wisconsin, and uh, when I was there, I got to work at the zoo with uh, sea lions and realized I wanted to work with exotic animals. Uh, Moved out here to go to the exotic animal training and management program, then uh, trained chimps and orangs for the movies for a couple years, and along with other animals, squirrels, rats, crows, all that good stuff, all the fun stuff that a lot of people are like, ew, rats, but it was it was really fun. It was great. I Not everybody likes rats, but they are cute. You guys are thinking of the sewer rats. I love rats. I think they're super smart. Nobody gives Gross. them credit. That is the word you're searching anyway, for. Anyways. Anyways. So I uh, 
I stopped working with the animals um, back in 2005, but I still have a lot of, I'm still, I still keep in touch with a lot of my exotic animal training friends. I met Morgan, who got me a little bit around horses. And my current job, I work in some technology. I, I work for an insurance company and I do quality control on the software that we develop in-house. So that's why when I met Kelly and we came up with this idea, I was like, mm, I know where to go with this one. I think once you're an animal person, it's not something that ever leaves you. Be a horse hag or an exotic animal lover or an animal lover in general. I know on some level, every job I've ever had pretty much has had to do with animals in one way or another, even desk jobs that I've had. You always keep that community around you. That's the biggest thing about the animal community is the strong bond, you know, us horse hags make each other crazy. But when there's an emergency, there's no one that's going to come to you faster than a fellow horse person or an exotic animal person or a dog person. That's a beautiful thing about the community. There is nothing like the people I met when I moved out here, 3,000 miles away from my family, didn't know anybody. And I made a family with the people I went to school with at the, at the exotic animal training and management program. And I just saw them last week. And if I ever needed anything they would all be there just like I would be there for them. There, There is no stronger bond than people who love animals. It's just, it, it would tie, it's what ties you together. Isn't that how you got your job now is because he knew you went through Edom? <laughs> yes. My current boss hired me at an insurance company because I used to go, because I went through that program. Awesome, crazy story. It's very, it's a, a very ironic story, but it, it was, it was great. Something I've taken away from sitting down with individuals from all over doing this podcast is there's crazy turns all over your life. Just you three coming together and then clicking to do all this. It just shows how crazy turns can happen. And I'm glad I met you guys. This is awesome. I really can't wait for the app to come out. I probably don't volunteer enough or even at all. <laughs> <laughs> But I definitely want to get involved with this. Thank you guys for sharing this story. And like I said, these group of people are doing this. And if you guys want to help, make sure to go to the website. Donate if you can. Just as importantly, sign up for that email. And make sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And we'll go ahead and drop all that. Morgan, go ahead and drop whatever information you want. Uh, well, we are on Facebook as evac-u-pet. We're on Instagram as at evacupet and Twitter as e at evacupet as well. Our website is www.evacu.pet. And if you want to send us an email, you can either visit our website or it's info at evacu.pet. All right, guys, that's it for us. Uh, make sure to follow us and subscribe on Instagram and Facebook. And however you're listening to this podcast, make sure to subscribe there as well. And more importantly, I'm going to put a post on Facebook. Make sure to tag people. If you got a rich aunt or uncle, make sure to tag them too. Just kidding, guys. But seriously, don't or you can share if you want to, but it's more important to tag somebody, a pet lover, somebody who volunteers. We got to get this message out there. So we want to definitely tag people. Make sure to look for that. I'm going to post it. And yeah, just keep sharing this, guys. And that's a wrap, guys. But if you're new to the podcast, make sure to go back and check out the previous episodes. There's a lot of good episodes out there. Good conversations with people. Interesting stories. Check them out. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It was great meeting you. Thanks, guys.